And I had my own secret time goal. And so <laughs> I kind of treated my pace band as like, this is the absolute slowest I will run each mile, but I'm going to do them faster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the secret time goal, did you share this with Coach Lou or no? It was your personal secret time goal. <laughs> no, my personal secret time goal. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. If you are constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week, we help a runner just like you learn how to consistently get in your mental clearing miles and even hit PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Before we get into this episode, if you are looking for a nutritional advantage to increase mental focus, strength, and endurance during those runs and decrease the recovery time between those hard effort sessions, you will want to check out Perform from the Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about Perform and how it can help you stay focused, get harder workouts in, and improve overall recovery on your journey of becoming a stronger, faster, lifelong, injury-free runner. Or you can check out the research for yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. <laughs> hey runners, I have a special guest with me today to share, um, or I have two special guests with me to actually share one person's story. So we're going to talk about Rachel's story and how she really crushed her first marathon. Uh, for those that have been following along for a while, I will be updating you on Rachel's running journey, who was a guest in episode 66, way back almost two years ago, by the time you're listening to this. So welcome to episode 159 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. And welcome back to the show, Rachel and Coach Lou. Thank you. Hello. It's great to be here. Yeah, I, so happy. I'm excited to have you both here. And, you know, I've honestly, Rachel, been in awe of your marathon journey. And, you know, we both were training for our marathons at the same time. Yours was a week earlier than mine was. But we both had the same coach in Coach Lou uh, guiding us. And I, I just... Loved seeing you do all of those hard workouts um, that you were doing and with it being your first marathon. And as I shared in episode 66, when we shared your story of when you and I worked together 
and you getting faster and kind of getting a 5k PR and your half marathon PR all while doing your dissertation and, you know, finishing up your PhD and then just seeing what you've been able to do on your first marathon. I just knew that we need to, to provide the listeners a little update for who heard your story way back in episode 66. And yeah, I, I think, you know, some of the things that you I'm sure have reflected upon will be good tips for those who are trying to figure out the marathon or for those who are nervous about their first uh, marathon. So thank you so much for agreeing to come back on the show. And if you don't mind, just give the listeners a little bit of an intro to where you call home and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So I live in Utah. I live in Eagle Mountain, which is just a little south of Salt Lake City. And I um, am a scientist. I'm about to start a new faculty position. So I'm brand new in that. Um, I study wetlands. So I'm an ecologist. And um, I've got two little kiddos, two boys, um, eight and almost five. Um, And then my husband also works kind of in the environmental field. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Wow. They are getting old. So is your youngest one in like kindergarten now or not yet? He, not yet. He'll be in kindergarten okay. next year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a big step. That's a big step. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And those uh, who have listened to many other episodes before know uh, who Coach Lewis, he's no stranger to the podcast. So he's been on uh, many times before. So thank you, Coach, for jumping on here to share from just like a coach's perspective on, you know, Rachel's journey and some of the things that, you know, have been helpful as you've, you know, helped guide her to this uh, marathon. So thanks again for coming on, Coach. It's my pleasure to work with Rachel. and It's so much fun. Yeah. So Rachel, tell us first, you know, since since we last had you on the podcast, I know, you know, you have been, you know, working with Coach Lou, you know, for a half marathon training cycle after we last spoke and then, mm -hmm. you know, decided to make the jump to a marathon. Um, what went into that decision-making process? If you don't mind sharing what uh, was going on in that very intelligent brain of yours. <laughs> sure. yeah. I think a marathon is something that I just always wanted to do, but I wanted to wait until I felt like I was ready. And so I just wanted to get a few half marathons under my belt first. And let's see how many half marathons did I do? I think I did four before the marathon. And uh, yeah, after that, after that last half marathon, I was like, yeah, let's do this. I'll do it next year. And just got like super excited about it. And just, I don't know, just decided I was going to go for it. So kind of yeah, brought you, me to this point. <laughs> and you were certainly ready for it from your coach's perspective, Lou, you know, what are some of the things that you see in runners that are in support of them kind of making that leap toward a marathon? 
one thing is definitely they have a com- well consistent consistent running regime and weekly mileage injury free and half marathon feels easy and they are no stranger to speed work and really if you can run half marathon strong and you feel like you can go do more that's the time you can think of marathon you can you can run half marathon strong you don't get injured you get used to different speed work and you are happy to run five times a week and running become part of your life and yeah it's a, like you're already you are you're ready yeah i love that how you kind of describe that consistency and clearly rachel was doing that and rachel i just love how you know you were mindful in this decision and this is something that we always recommend um for our clients so i know there's a lot of you out there who are listening to this and you may be just starting out in your running journey this year perhaps and you're like i'm gonna run a marathon you know this coming fall I would highly recommend you uh, listen to Rachel, uh, listen to Coach Lou. And I was actually just talking um, to Coach Whitney earlier today about this on, or no, Coach Kat uh, earlier today about one of our clients, Susanna, who uh, we're just so proud of. And, I, you know, she's new to running and I just love how she is being so mindful and taking her time and and is running multiple half marathons and just working on improving that craft first right getting faster and that's something that we really recommend and stress to a lot of new runners out there you know can certain people run a marathon within their first year or two of running yes but we really, you know, your risk level is going to be a lot higher in maybe getting injured or not getting the result that you're going to be really proud of um, for that marathon. So I think you're going to see with Rachel's result that she shares today, you know, waiting a little bit is well worth it. And if you think about it, you know, you don't want to only run for like a year or two, right? And just like knock it off your bucket list. If you guys are listening to this uh, show, then, you know, you feel strongly about lifelong injury-free running as well. And one way to do that is to have a little patience and really work in a progressive fashion to make sure that you're ready for the rigors of marathon training. And clearly you were, Rachel. So I was excited when you decided to run that marathon and it definitely uh pumped me up a little bit when you know seeing some of your training can you share with us you know i guess what was your biggest takeaways from like the training leading up to the race or were there any surprises to you you know when you did make that leap from half marathon training cycles to now training for a marathon yeah I, I guess actually what was most surprising to me is that it wasn't that much different. Like I had just had prepared in my mind, like, all right, this is going to be like twice the distance, twice the time to prepare. I, I don't know. It, you know, the long runs are definitely longer and all of my weekly runs were a little bit longer. I was running more miles per week, but it wasn't like a huge adjustment compared to what I was doing before, which was nice. Because during the training cycle, I had a lot of, I was very busy. 
a lot going on over the summer. Coach Lou and I had to kind of navigate me doing field work where I would be out in the wetlands all day, like out in the sun, taking measurements and stuff and just get home so tired. And we had to kind of make some adjustments on some runs. But yeah, I, I don't know. The whole training experience was so great. Um, I had a really great experience. And I think it was just because like Lou and I communicated so much and we made changes when they were needed, but also like sticking to the plan as much as possible. Yeah. I don't know. That was really helpful to me. Yeah. And I, you know, shared in my marathon reflection, I felt the same exact way. Like literally I thought it was going to be like this huge difference. And I felt the same exact way that I was surprised at, but it, I, I think it really speaks to the level of preparation that you had in half marathon training, right? And that you've done, you know, a bunch of half marathons where you, you did hard workouts and, you know, you, you were used to running double digit long runs for a long time. It's not like you've only run a handful of 12 milers and you even did like a 14 miler before your last half marathon race. So you had all of that, you know, fitness kind of built up, um, mm -hmm. in there. So yeah, that was interesting that you felt the same way that I did, that it, it wasn't as grueling as you thought. And yeah, Actually, that was definitely yeah. tough for you. Yeah. Go ahead. go ahead, Lou. I was thinking of this thing. Same thing too. And now I realize that speaks that you are ready to run the marathon training because your half marathon training is pretty hard <laughs> and your base building has mileage 25 plus per week. So that means your, your body is ready to take on this level. It's ready to go into marathon training. And yes, it doesn't feel as as different as before, but that's because, because your marathon training your half marathon training was pretty hard too, right? It's not your mar your half marathon. When you train train for your half marathon, you want your goal is not to finish your half marathon. You are trying to PR your half marathon, so that was pretty hard. And then that at that level, the half marathon training is not that different from the marathon training. So that's why you don't feel that much different because you were training pretty hard, even though it's a half marathon. You are trying to PR for the half. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you talked about the flexibility, you know, in your schedule that you needed and that the communication with Coach Lou was important in kind of when you were doing that field work. And I remember Coach Lou speaking to that as well. And especially with you being out in like the hot sun in like summer, right? And just thinking about like, recoverability as coach Lou calls it. Right. And, and recovering after those harder runs, making sure the hydration, the electrolytes, right. And then you're out there like baking in the sun or <laughs> on your feet. And I'm sure walking probably for a while, right. I would imagine you don't yeah. like park in these areas so close to where you're going to collect and do your research. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I would imagine you are on your, on your feet a lot. So what type of flexibility. Could you give me an example of like what that looked like for someone to kind of get a, an idea of like, what, what do you mean by flexibility and, and what adjustments did you need to make? Yeah. So during, during the weeks where I was doing field work, I didn't do really hard speed work. I think, well, you need to correct me when I say things. 
wrong. (laughs) What I remember is that we tried to line those up with like cutback weeks um, just to make sure that I had plenty of time to recover and wasn't like overdoing it during those weeks that I had field work. I think that we, we, we didn't realize this before. So you did some hard work during those few work week and those are pretty, well, those, those workouts are not as fast as I expect you to be. And I feel like mm, you usually push yourself and something's happening and you say, oh, I'm so tired and things. So we talk and you talk about a few weeks, this few trips so hard. And then I, then we made adjustments so that we try to align your schedule so that usually it's a cutback week and or just remove the run sometimes we instead of doing a hard run during the week we made it as as part of a long run spice so we made it work yeah yeah so having some of that customization it sounds like to me was important for you whereas if you were just kind of downloading uh you know plan on the internet you know, most of us runners, we're pretty type A and we feel like we need to stick to the plan, right? And if you don't execute the plan as written, you're a failure. And I hear so many stories of runners who go with that approach and fight through it and say, hey, despite my field work, I'm still running a marathon. And they they try to fight through that. And I think it's important for those that are number one, you know, don't have a coach and they're, you know, going on their own, if they're in that situation that they need to realize that we need to make adjustments and it's okay to vary from the plan and think about how you can make the plan fit to what's going on in your life. So for Rachel, it was a matter of she had these certain weeks that she was doing field work and it was going to be rigorous on her body. She's out there in the, you know, the hot sun. She's walking around a lot. She's on her feet a lot. She's probably not eating and drinking frequently in a time period that, you know, she's going to recover and feed her muscles in her body and all of that. So Lou strategically, you know, had those as cutback weeks. So, you know, the hard stuff is going to happen when she's not doing field work and we're going to recover and do easier workouts for the weeks that she is. And I remember you doing the same similar um, thing for me, Lou, with my summer travel schedule was like pretty for like a month and a half was, I was like, where's Waldo? Where's Dwayne this weekend? Um, Where we were uh, traveling a lot. And it was, uh, it was very helpful to like not have to worry about while I was on vacation with family, whatever, like, oh my goodness, I got to do this 20 miler. Like you're kidding me. Right. Or this really hard 60 miler. And you were able to adjust that to where, you know, I got a long run in before going away on vacation and then got another one in when I got back. So kind of strategically plan that. So I want those listening to, you know, realize that yes, there are adjustments to a plan and you need to make them work in order to benefit from the training and benefit from the recovery because the recovery is part of the training in order to actually get in some of those hard runs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You get so, stronger during the recovery. You get stronger during the recovery, not you get, you get stress from the workout, but then the stress itself doesn't get you stronger. 
it's after the workout, your body's recovering. That's when you're actually getting stronger. So that's why we talk about food and things and sleep and things. But that's when you the real progress are made during the recovery. So that's the very important thing. Sorry, Rachel, what are you doing? You're fine. And I was just going to add, too, that besides having the flexibility, another thing that was really helpful for me, like working with a coach, is not having to make that plan myself, like figuring out how should I adjust this and when should I do these runs and all of that. Like, that's just a lot of like mental energy that I didn't have to worry about. So that was really helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know that's helpful for a lot of folks is, yeah, you have enough to worry about with your job, your field work, the family, right? Who wants to like spend time researching, like, should I be doing this workout today or that workout? So kind of offloading that uh, and taking that off of your plate is extremely helpful. And even for me, being someone who programs stuff, it's even helpful for other coaches. So they don't have to, uh, number one, so they can get an objective viewpoint, but then number two, so they don't have to think about what they need to do for themselves as well. Uh, so that's a very good point. And kind of, if you can give us a, maybe we kind of spoke a little bit about the training and I, I do want to get to some of Coach Lou's points um, at the end or like keys to success that he found working with you, um, Rachel. But, you know, the race itself, how did, how did that go? How did race day go for you? Was it everything that you imagined? Were there things that didn't go right or that you weren't expecting to feel? Yeah. So overall, race day was fantastic. I just had the best experience. I loved it. Which thing, marathon did you do, by the way? Oh, yeah. I ran the St. George Marathon. So it's in southern Utah. And it's really beautiful. I highly recommend this marathon. It's a really popular marathon for like people running their first marathon as well. Nice. So, Good to know. Yeah, it's a really great course. Lots of downhill, <laughs> which yeah. is really fun. And also led to my little surprise issue. Um, that was really the only negative thing about my race, but that was just that I, um, ended up with a hurt toenail <laughs> mm. all the downhill and I should have had, like, my shoes were just a little bit too small. And, um, I mean, my shoes, I didn't think they were too small, but they were too small to be doing that much downhill in. Like I just, yeah. Right. That caused me a little grief. I thought at the end of the race, for sure, when I took off my shoe, I was going to have no toenail, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but it did cause me a little pain. But really overall with the marathon, the thing that kind of surprised me the most was just how comfortable most of the race is. And Lou always likes to talk about us like 20, 20 mile warm up and then the 10K race. And just being so comfortable for such a huge part of the race, you just get to enjoy it. And it was so much fun because I came in like with a plan, very well planned out. Like Lou made me this, I made sure I brought this with me so I could have it. This is my pace band from my race. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I had my whole plan with my electrolytes and gels and everything. And I just got to enjoy it. It was really fun. And I just felt like the miles were kind of just, passing by, by. Yeah. you know, for, <laughs> for my, for my first 20 miles. And 
it was it was really fun. And, and how then, did you execute? How did you execute yeah. that pacing strategy? Were you able to hold back yeah. for those first, you know, five or six miles? Right. Yeah, I did. Nice. I, I went a tiny bit faster than I was planning on at the beginning, but it was fine. I was in nothing crazy. And I had like miles seven through maybe like 11 or so. There was some uphill, like lots of uphill. And I knew it was coming. And I kind of actually having this pace band made me like not feel bad about like cutting back on my pace. Like, all right, this mile. Oh, I, I have like nine minutes and 14 seconds for this one. So like, yeah, it, it kind of helped me relax and just. I don't know, keep that effort without feeling like really stressed about it. It was almost mm -hmm. like my time was budgeted. And so I felt like, okay. And I had my own secret time goal. And so <laughs> I kind of treated my pace band as like, this is the absolute slowest I will run each mile, but I'm going to do them faster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the secret time goal, did you share this with Coach Lou or no? It was your personal secret time goal. <laughs> Yeah, my personal secret time goal. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> we had this pace band for like a 338 mar marathon. And I really wanted to run under 335. Okay. And so I just thought, I'm just going to, you know, just run a little bit faster and see how it goes. And what was your final time? And then I ended 334.59. So <laughs> I met my goal by one second. <laughs> Wow, that is that is phenomenal. I've never seen someone come that close to, yeah. to hitting their goal for a marathon. Like we're not talking about 5K, like one second. Yeah. Like yeah. that's pretty remarkable. It was so funny. And I it was just kind of worked out that way, you know, because I was just I was following the pace band running like a little bit faster than it. And then at the end, I actually, I thought that I didn't make it just because of when I had started and stopped my watch wasn't synced up with the official time. I thought I missed it by like 10 seconds. Right. Um, but I had stopped it actually at the wrong point. <laughs> and so <laughs> it wasn't until I looked at my results that I realized I'd made it. So that was That's really fun. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, I'm but, happy that you, you, you didn't start the first few miles too fast because um, it's yeah. okay in the middle miles, slide a few seconds faster if you if that's comfortable flow. Right. And the last six miles, you push faster, no problem. As long as you don't run the first few miles faster, I'm not angry. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. It was, it was faster than what we had kind of set, but it wasn't like crazy. And it, it wasn't like, I'm gonna go for it and I'm gonna be miserable. I wanted to make sure I was comfortable and I, it was really important to me that I had a good experience for my first marathon. And so that's the other thing. When I made the pace band for you, I was pretty conservative too. Yeah. I sort of talked to you that, yes, 3.30 is going to be PQ, but I don't think your feeling is quite there. Just miss a bit yeah. a little bit. But if you go for that, you're going to bunk for sure. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah. yeah, I made the band a little conservative and if you can push it and you beat the band, that's that's good. If you have the band, yeah. you cannot catch up with it, that feel bad, right? <laughs> yeah, totally.
Now, you know how passionate I am about strength training in order to run, and that runners who don't do any strength work are more likely to suffer some of those stubborn running injuries, whether it's runner's knee, plantar fasciitis, IT band syndrome, or tendonitis. And one of the keys to becoming a healthy runner is dedicating time to strength training. However, I get it. It's hard to dedicate the time, get motivated, and have the energy to get in the strength work, whether you are going to the gym or you're working out in your basement or living room in the early mornings like I do before work or if you're doing it after work in the evening. I have been on the lookout for a truly healthy pre-workout option to help with energy and focus during my workouts and post-run that will also provide a nutritional boost so I can maximize my recovery and performance when strength training. That is why I am super pumped, literally, that I found Perform from the Amino Company. Perform is an essential amino acid-based formulation that I simply add to water in my shaker bottle and have 30 minutes before my run or gym workout. It tastes great and is easy on my stomach. Perform helps improve mental focus, peak strength, endurance, reduces fatigue, and increases muscle protein synthesis so you can recover faster from your runs or your strength training. I feel great since I have switched my pre-workout to perform, but what I feel most happy about is that I know exactly what I am putting in my body and that it is backed by real research and science. I actually brought on one of the leaders in amino acid research, Dr. Robert Wolf, on the show during episode 92 of the podcast. If you want a deeper dive on the effects and the literature out there on amino acids, hear my chat with Dr. Wolf, as I am sure you will be as impressed as I was learning more about essential amino acids and their effects on us as runners. There is actually an abundance of research out there documenting the efficacy of essential amino acids with over hundreds of studies demonstrating improvements in focus, performance, and recovery from those long runs and hard effort session workouts. If you're looking for a nutritional performance advantage, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 30% and get a free gift using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash healthy runner and use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 30%. And I also want to add to like just a shout out to Coach Cat because before the marathon I listened to the podcast you guys did about like mental yeah being ready for the mental part of the marathon and i had had a a training workout like a couple i don't know three weeks before the marathon or something where i had this like really long marathon pace and i had kind of set it in my mind as like hey this is my fitness test and this is going to tell me where i'm at for my marathon and i just had a bad day that day it was like holding my marathon pace felt really hard and of course I had picked to run a trail with like a lot of hills Um, I mean it was a road trail but still it was just like a little hard and I was just like this is terrible my fitness is not where I thought it was like this is just I was so feeling down about it and 
Coach Kat said something like, it doesn't matter if you have a bad training. Like, that doesn't mean that your fitness is, you know, lower than you think it is. Or like, everyone gets to have a bad day. And she had also said, like, every mile is a chance to do something new. Like, what did she say? Every mile a new opportunity? I think yep. that's what she said. Yes. And I loved yes. it. I, I run another marathon that's going on the back of my shirt because it really <laughs> helped me a lot. I liked yeah. it. No, that was, that was a great episode. And yeah, I used a lot of the strategies she talked about in my race as well, which really mm -hmm. helped me get through all the, the physical GI uh, troubles that I was experiencing where I really had to, had to put those mental strategies to the test but I'm glad that helped you as well. And yeah, that, you know, we have bad days in training and that doesn't necessarily dictate how you are going to perform on race day. And honestly, we have bad race days as well. And, you know, someone who does have a bad race day, then, you know, they really shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't allow that to dictate how they feel about themselves or how they feel about their running. So yeah, that, that if you are a runner who struggled with, you know, race performance, then, you know, there's always another race and you will have a better day. Get back out there, get back on the horse and you will have a good day as long as you remain consistent um, with your training. Yeah. So, so the race itself sounded pretty darn magical, honestly, for someone's first marathon and even at the end. So tell me about that last 10 K. Did you feel like you were able to give a kick and were you able to, you know, turn it up a little bit at the end? Yeah. So I was starting to feel like really tired. I think it was like mile 19. I looked down and it was like my only mile that was like slower than the pace band. And I was just like, oh, man, this is just not it. Like, <laughs> after I saw that pace, I just kind of took off a little bit because I was like, this isn't happening. I'm not slowing down at the end of this thing. So I just picked it up to the pace I wanted to be at. And I just told myself, like, I didn't want to put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, it's okay. Just hold this pace. And I, I don't know. As I got closer to the end, I think when I had, like, two miles left, I just told myself, like, you already did it. You already ran this whole race. Like you already did it. There's nothing to worry about. Like you just, just run and finish. And I was able to kind of pick it up at the end. And I think I, I should have looked at all my paces, but I think my last mile was one of my fastest. So it was That's good. fantastic. That's fantastic. And what do you attribute that to? Like why you didn't hit a wall or why you didn't you know, kind of struggle and, and, you know, get slower, uh, during those last couple of miles. Yeah. I think, um, a few things go into that. I mean, one is having a good pacing strategy and not going out too fast. Another thing is that I was really careful with my nutrition and, um, just making sure that I was getting enough fuel. You know, I, I'm really into like, <laughs> science and stuff and I had my nutrition plan down to like I had calculated like you know how many milligrams of sodium 
is in the Gatorade <laughs> that they're going to have at the race. And like, I need 6.25 ounces every time I'm at an aid station. Like I have this all like calculated. I'm sure you did. Same, <laughs> same with like the grams of carbs. And I think that helped me a lot to have that really dialed in. So shout out to Brooke. Yeah. For really helping with that. <laughs> Thank you. Cause that went really well. And then, and then I think the last thing too, is just at the end, just being mentally prepared and um, just kind of pushing through because even with a great, you know, pacing strategy and good nutrition and having everything work out, like it's still hard. Yes. Yeah. And so just being prepared and I just loved like all of coach Kat's tips. And then also just like, just being kind to myself and just, I don't know, enjoying the experience and just like thinking about not putting so much pressure on myself. Like you have to do well in this race. It was just like, I did this whole marathon training. I did all the training. I did all of this. I got myself here. Like this is just a celebration and I don't need to like put on a lot of pressure that I need to run really fast. And I think not having the pressure allowed me to like relax and just enjoy it and just do the best that I could. Yeah. And you did, you did indeed. And yeah, I'm so happy for you. And one of the things we had talked about, I remember the last time that you were on the podcast was strength training and, you know, did you do any strength training during this marathon training cycle? And if so, you know, what did that look like? And, you know, how do you feel like that contributed to your overall performance? Yeah. So I was doing two days of strength training a week. And I think this really helped me a lot because I really of all of my trainings for any race I've done, this went the most smooth, smoothly for me in terms of like having injuries or I didn't really have any problems. I had no major setbacks at all. And I attribute that to strength training and also a good plan. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that no, really that's helpful. great. And I remember we had spoke just as you started marathon training, I believe that was right yeah. when we did a little, yeah. little zoom call with mm -hmm. some knee issues that you were having and yeah. yeah. So you didn't have any of those knee issues at all during the actual training. No. Nice. Nice. That's very good. Yeah. And those were pretty consistent with like, we were talking around that quad area and like runner's knee. And I remember just kind of giving you some structured, like, you know, exercises and what to focus on. And I remember, you know, you, were nervous that like, Hey, this is going to get worse if I run harder or if I run mm -hmm. longer. And I remember just kind of reassuring you that, Hey, as long as you continue to work on, you know, quad strengthening, hip muscle strengthening, that this shouldn't be an issue. So I was glad to hear that that wasn't an issue during your whole advanced marathon training cycle there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It was yeah. something I was a little worried at the beginning, out at the beginning, and then it didn't end up being a problem at all. Awesome. Awesome. So from a coach's standpoint, Lou, you know, what did you feel were like keys to Rachel's success? And, you know, if you had to basically give advice to, you know, others who are running their first marathon, you know, what, what can they learn um, from Rachel? What were the keys to success? 
starting from the very beginning, do not run a marathon just because you want to check it off the bucket list. I would say you definitely run a couple of mar- half marathons and you you are very comfortable with the pace, uh, sorry, the, the distance, and you can run at a pretty strong effort the whole half marathon. You're, you feel like you can do more before you start. So you definitely want to get the mental ready. Even for you, Duane, it took you a while to get the mental ready. you like, I'm ready to do it. it Five years. You, yeah, that was a while. <laughs> it, definitely, you have to be ready for it. If you can barely finish a half marathon, do not, do not start doing the marathon. Even some marathons, they have no time lim- limit. So in theory, you can finish it, but I would not suggest doing that because it's just so hard on your body. Being there for more than six hours or seven plus hours, just so cruel to the body. Give yourself time, get the half marathon strong so you can like half marathon, no problem. You are not like half marathon is not like you just to complete complete the half marathon so you can do the whole thing strong before you move to the half marathon okay then that you're ready and then willing be willing to switch adjust the plan like for adults we are not full-time athletes everyone has some scheduled things that come come up that conflict with the ideal plan so then we just have to make adjustment to make sure the plan fit you. We, I like what Latoya said, we change our approach, but we stay at the same goal. So that's the same goal is to finish that strong without injury. But then it's okay to move this strength speed work a little back a little bit. And when your body is not that tired, the, it's the whole, it's the entire process that really counts. The accumulate, accumulated, accumulated workouts, not just one workout. If you miss one, it's fine too. And I, I'm sure I told you, Rachel, that I asked you, I, do you feel like your body is ready to do this hard workout? If not, we always switch to, switch to easy run because it's no point when your body is already tired, you struggle through and the flexibility and the other things identifying the problem that's i i i believe that i saw a Rachel, i saw a few runs that you are just struggling and then we find the reason and then we make adjustment um, and as a coach i review it and i see a pattern and then i confirm and confirm with you and then we find a solution that's the other thing even though we even if you have an internet plan and even though you are coach sometimes we still need another coach because someone can take it from a different aspect perspective and and then identify something you may not notice the other thing is kind of identifying those problems and and patterns or, you know, what we like to call like sticking points in your training. And a lot of runners, like when I ask them, you know, what are they currently struggling with? A lot of times runners don't know what they're struggling with or they can't identify it because they can't see that those are struggle. But like, 
you know, with experience, right. And you, you worked with many runners before it's kind of like, it's obvious to us that either they're running their easy runs to right fast, or they're not recovering enough or they're, you know, their schedule doesn't meet what their demands are as a parent or, you know, with work. So really from what I heard there, Lou is like, you're playing detective essentially, right? You're kind of really analyzing the data that's there that we can see on final surge. And you're seeing like, okay, what is the the problem here? Why didn't, you know, Rachel actually, you know, hit these paces that I thought she would hit for this maybe harder workout and then getting into and identifying how you guys, you know, figured out that it was, Hey, when she was doing her field work, that's when it was really hard to be able to, you know, hit those. And then you came up with the solution, like you said, which is great. So really identifying and then making adjustments and kind of being flexible is what I'm hearing. Right. Another thing is the monthly coaching call, we review the workouts and we reevaluate the, all the trainings every time, every once in a while, as you progress, Rachel, you'll get faster and faster. So I, and make your speed a little faster too. <laughs> the trainings, because uh, if you just stick with the same training, then when when you finish get stronger, that doesn't the same speed, same pace doesn't feel give you the, the same result anymore. So I adjust a little bit, and then that becomes, for example, that the threshold threshold supposedly it's a the the pace that's just able to you're just able to hold it without getting too tired but then it becomes too easy then it's not threshold anymore so i make it a little harder so that goes back to threshold <laughs> and i also ask you about rpe i think that helps too because i i just look at the number but i don't quite know how it actually feel like so especially after workout i'll check with you what your rpe is and does it, I can give my best estimation of the current pace for your training, but it's just ideal. I, I want to know how you actually feel so that I ask about, is that correct RPE zone? Like the threshold, the RPE seven to eight, usually on the scale of 10. And if that's six, that's too easy and nine too much, so we play with it. Yeah. And I think that is really important point, um, Lou, is that guys, what Lou is saying here is as Rachel was crushing her training, as she was improving in the training and she was nailing the workouts, not only did Lou make those modifications and adjust the training as her fitness was improving, but he wasn't just making that decision based upon Hey, she was hitting that like target pace. Oh, she's hitting 740, 735, 730, whatever your threshold pace was. Okay, let me make next week harder, right? Like he wasn't just using that. He was getting the information that he needed in terms of effort level and seeing, you know, what was the effort level? Did it actually feel easier for Rachel? And then he made the adjustments. So I just want to make sure that we're clear that if someone is hitting, like the main point here is not for every single week to like progressively get harder in a training cycle. And you 
consistently run faster as you go along. But Lou was making those decisions based upon synthesizing information from multiple points, right, of data, of looking at, hey, what are the numbers showing me here in Final Surge that Rachel is completing? But then also subjectively, what is Rachel saying? How is she feeling? How does she feel for recovery? Is she staying healthy? Is she having any aches and pains, right? And then based upon all of that, now he's adjusting to an appropriate level for her so she can continue to get the most out of the training is what I heard. Would you agree there, Lou? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Great awesome. summary. Excellent. So, yeah, I guess, you know, as we kind of finish up here, Rachel, you know, I always like to ask a little misconception question. So for those first time marathoners, you know, if you could change one thing about like the misconception of running a marathon for the first time, what would that be? Hmm. I guess just that it would be like, you know, this big adjustment in training as far as like, oh, I just don't have the time for this because it's going to be this huge mountain to take on. Um, like if you're already at a place where you're ready to train for a marathon um, with doing half marathon training, I, I think that you can do it and don't be scared <laughs> because um, you just work your way up to that level and um, you do it. I just remember multiple times during my training, like after running like 18 miles thinking, really? Like eight more miles? I don't know about this, but the magic of the training works its way out. <laughs> and yeah. It's so true. It is so true. And yeah, no, I think that's a great point um, that you bring up as far as it not being a huge jump if you are ready for it and just being smart about your training in your progressions. And if, you know, any of you listening have been struggling, like, trying to maybe run your first marathon just because I talked to many people who are like, yeah, I was trying to run a marathon last fall, but you know, when I got up to 14 miles or 16 miles, you know, I started getting like knee pain, um, or, you know, I wasn't able to complete the training or, you know, you could be like an experienced marathoner, but you're really not maximizing what you can do as a runner you know, and, and you are ready to kind of get some solutions to some of your sticking points or problems and want to get the guidance of Coach Lou, just like Rachel did, you know, we'd be happy to jump on a call and see if you're a good fit for how we help runners be able to get the structure of not only a run plan, but also a strength plan and you know have the support and accountability like coach Lou was able to provide for Rachel that we discussed with modifying things as they they go and enjoy like the process and actually enjoy the running and that's something that I really took home from your story today Rachel is like how much you actually enjoyed the training and then even better enjoyed the actual marathon experience because you only get one first, right? And I'm just so happy that you were able to, um, you know, enjoy that that first experience. So if if you guys are, you know, wondering if you're a good fit, then yeah, let's hop on a call. Just go to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com 
forward slash coaching, and um, we will hop on a call. So yeah, before we uh, finish up, any uh, last words, Coach Lou, um, that you want to add or how proud you are of uh, Rachel? I'm sure you like had proud coach written all over. I can see through your smile, like how, how yeah. proud you are of her. <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud of you, Rachel. And even though you didn't know it, you qualified for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> For your first marathon, qualified for Chicago. That is amazing. Yes. And Rachel, you know, is, or have you started to think about like, what is next? Um, What is your next goal? Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to qualify for Boston. I, um, yeah, it was kind of like close, close this year with this one. And we just thought. I'm just not going to go for it. I could really push it and try to go for it and have a miserable experience. I'm not gonna, not going to do that. And I'm just going to age in. So basically, I just need to run the exact same time in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to qualify. I just need it to be like seven months older to qualify. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I am going to run Chicago next year. And I'm super thrilled about it and um let's do it just kind of taking things one thing at a time but i'm really excited about that awesome so so we will definitely have to have you back on the show um for like the third time on another update (laughs) after uh you run chicago so that would probably be like i don't know episode 240 or something <laughs> to get the uh, Chicago update and see if you do get that BQ. Um, but yeah, I'm just so proud of all you've accomplished now. Just kind of, you know, working with you, I guess, really, is that three years ago or is it two years ago? Two years ago, three years ago? I don't even know. It's only two years. Only two years. (laughs) It feels like it's been like 10. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It feels like we've known each other forever. (laughs) Uh, Just being able to, you know, work closely with you and then now, you know, be able to kind of see from somewhat the sidelines and, you know, be able to see um, some of your wins in our coaching community and then, you know, touching base with Coach Lou on a monthly basis and just, you know, seeing your progress. Uh, You know, I've been so happy to see how far you've come in your running and honestly, such a short period of time when you really think about it and how young you are still and, you know, how much growth you have as a runner, um, for someone who really, you know, is, has found running a little bit later, you know, in life. And it's been really cool watching your journey. So yeah, continue being consistent and, you know, I wish you all the best in, in your future training. And I appreciate you from taking time out of your busy day and congrats on the new position. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, thanks to both of you because both of you have been just extremely influential on my whole running journey after I decided to get back into running during COVID with the rest of the world. You guys have helped me so much and it's just, just made my running experience so enjoyable and so like fruitful, just really helped me to improve and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was it's our so pleasure. Happy. 
Yes. Our pleasure. And um, thanks again for coming on. And thank you all who are listening. And hopefully you took away a little golden nugget from Rachel's story. And you continue to get after it, be consistent like Rachel was, you know, get that strength training in as well as the runs. And as always, let's stay active, let's stay healthy and just keep running until next time. Thank you as always for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast where we help you get stronger, run faster and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner on Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple podcast or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.